Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. With Shopify POS, you can accept credit cards, mobile payments, and every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing, starting on day one. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash MLB podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash MLB podcast to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash MLB podcast. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Busting Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host, Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. So let's talk Josiah Gray uh, after another tough start. You mentioned you wanted to get it in him. Uh, he is now at 26 starts. He made 28 last year. And he's about 11 innings away from where he was. So he's going to end up being, I would assume, right at or a little bit over after two more starts, the innings that he pitched last year, meaning he hasn't thrown deeper into games on average. There's two reasons for that. Number one, uh, his pitch efficiency. Like tonight, the two innings cost him a chance to be five, six innings ahead of last year's pace. That was his shortest start of the year. Davey yanked him at 60 pitches. Uh, but he, he just, you know, there's been plenty of starts where he goes five or, or really very, rarely five. But, you know, six innings and he's done, even though he's throwing okay or he hasn't given up many hits or runs or what have you because of the walks or the pitch count. I think the other part of it with Josiah Gray, though, is, you know, he's still they're still babying him to an extent, not as much as they are maybe Gore or other guys, but he's not really allowed at 93 pitches most of the time to go out for a seventh inning or, you know, an eighth inning like he would be a couple of years from now, ideally. So I do think that always needs to be mentioned. Uh, having said that, his ERA has gone from five 
to 3.85. Um, that's misleading maybe in, in how much progress he's made. His fielding independent pitching last year was 5.86, and right now it's 4.91. So it's come down by uh, about a full run. But obviously a FIP, meaning what his ERA should be, being 4.9 is, is not overly encouraging. Uh, we talked a lot around the all-star time that, you know, his numbers were slightly skewed and, and the peripherals suggested a regression. Um, we've seen his strikeout rate this year go from about 9.3 per nine to 7.8, which is not ideal. Uh, his walk rate has gone from four to four and a half. That was before this start where he had four walks, I think, in a couple of innings. Uh, the one big difference, obviously, for him positively is that the home run rate has come down. He is a little bit more hittable this year than he was last year in terms of hits per nine. Um, the whip's up because the walk rate's up. Uh, and, you know, you look across the board, you know, a lot of the numbers other than ERA basically are a tick worse than they were last year right now. So a couple things. <clears throat> well, first, I guess, let me ask you, like, where you're at kind of big picture on JoJo and your thoughts right now on what you're seeing. I mean, the reason that we're starting to see some of this stuff is we're seeing a lot of the same stuff we saw early in the year, Grant. But the reason he was so exciting early in the year is he would walk the tightrope and then get across it somehow. You know, he'd get out of every jam. He'd have bases loaded, one out, get out of there unscathed. He'd have second and third no outs and somehow only give up one run. Those sort of things were happening, it seemed like, every single outing with the exception of a few and so when he goes into the all-star break and he's an all-star and all those things, it was awesome. But that's why we were a little bit cautious and said, you know, maybe there's a little bit of regression coming. You looked at some of the advanced numbers and they didn't necessarily like what he'd done in the first half. And then you just watch the eye test and, you know, he'd found a way to get out of some of those crazy situations. Now he's getting into the same situations he did in the first half and he's just not getting out of them. He's giving up hits. He's, walking more guys, whatever the case may be, but he's just not getting out of the same situations that he built himself into in the first half. And so you're starting to see those numbers kind of go back to what, you know, maybe the numbers had said, you know, this is why when we talk about Gore and we talk about gray, gray probably slots in more so as a middle of the rotation type of guy, because he's got decent stuff. I wouldn't say it's great. Whereas Gore has great stuff, you know, gray, he has to battle every single time out. And I think if this were a team that had the luxury of contending and were in a spot like maybe the Orioles or something like that, where you're pretty much going to the postseason, I think this is a time when you would consider skipping a start, you know, and seeing, let's see if we can figure out what's going on. You know, they're talking on the broadcast and maybe he's battling some mechanical stuff that got back into some bad habits or whatnot. Maybe that's something where you could consider, let's let's give you a week off and see if we can figure something out here to kind of work with stuff. But I think the way they're looking at it right now is, let's just let them keep battling. The results are going to be what the results are. But ultimately, this is his second year going through a full major league season. Let's just get him through that experience. We'll figure all the other stuff out later on. But right now, let's just get him through and you know show him what the grind fully is again and make sure that he can deal with it. And that's why you're seeing them be extra cautious as well because it's only the second time he's gone through this full grind. So I don't necessarily hate that approach, but I think it is interesting and something that maybe once you get to September and you get that extra guy on the roster, an extra pitcher, maybe you consider, I wouldn't say skipping a start because you got so few left when you get to September, but maybe giving him an extra day off or something of that sort. I think that's not a bad idea, honestly. I think that's a sharp point by you. 
I mean, last year he was a minus 0.7 win player. This year he's been worth plus one and a half wins in terms of just sheer F4. Um, I, I still, you know, I point to 18% versus 11% in terms of home run fly ball last year. Uh, so, you know, the, the idea that a lot more of your fly balls left 18 or 19 of them out of every 100 last year, were going out as opposed to 11 this year is a good thing. Uh, ground ball percentage has gone from 33% to 39%. Uh, here's what I would say. It has been a disappointing major regression here really since the all-star game. And obviously the all-star break itself. Um, you look at his numbers in August, a, ERA of 8.8 in five starts is brutal. You know, 19 innings, 20 hits, that's normal. 19 runs is not, and I think it's because he's got 17 walks. Like, let's not yeah. overcomplicate this. He's walking too many guys right now. He's walking about a batter per inning in five starts this month. So there is something mechanically amiss. His average against right now is not alarming. It's 260, which is not you know, dominant or where you want it to be. He'd rather it be where it was early in the year in the 240s. But, you know, he, he gave up a much higher, uh, not much, but a higher batting average against last month and had an ERA in the threes because he wasn't walking guys and he was able to make pitches when he needed to. Um, I go back to April, though, in six starts when he had an ERA that was two and a half. May, when he had an ERA that was three. When he was keeping people in the ballpark, he was making quality pitches in big spots and and still feel like this guy is... Um, you know, a third type starter uh, as an upside or a fourth starter, maybe uh, I've seen. And, and I, I hate referencing just what I see, you know, Nats fans tweeting about. But I have seen this narrative lately. And certainly as he was struggling tonight uh, with a lot of Nats, you know, Twitter Adi saying uh, essentially, oh, this is a fifth starter, you know, or this guy. I'm just not sure. Even one of the uh, accounts that is in my like for you tab all the time, because they do a lot of minor league tweeting. And I think they're pretty good, pretty sharp. They're like, I'm not even sure. I, I wish I remembered which one it was, if it was like next gen Nats or, um, you know, who, who, who it was might've been them, but they were like, I'm not even sure if this guy is in the, you know, plans long-term here. Like, I think that's silly, right? Let's, let's not be overly reactionary here. Okay. Let, let's relax a little bit. Let's reel it back in. And let's just look at it as it is right now. He's walking way too many guys. Now, in fairness to whoever's going to point that out, he's always walked too many guys. Like if we're being honest, it's been four, four and a half per nine for much of his career. So that might just be what he is, but there's a big difference between four, four and a half per nine and eight or nine per nine, like this month and the last several starts. So I think that's kind of where you got to uh, see the first adjustment. He's got to throw strikes. His batting average against has never really been a problem. He, he doesn't give up a ton of hits. Uh, it's, it's a very normal amount of hits for a guy that might be, you know, third or fourth or whatever in a rotation. So uh, that to me is the key is just, is he throwing strikes? Is he getting ahead and minimizing base runners? Cause there's going to be a very normal amount of damage done by hitters if there's not a bunch of dudes already on base via walk. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. 
save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Well, and part of me wonders if, you know, he's working with so many new pitches this year on various things. It just seems like Charlie and Dave were talking about this on the broadcast when he pitched tonight as we tape Monday night. And Kbert Ruiz just didn't know what sign to give him because he didn't know what pitch he could throw for a strike. And the problem with Josiah Gray, as opposed to some other guys, is, you know, his fastball, you would think, okay, he can locate the fastball and he can get back in the strike zone. The problem last year was the fastball. He threw the fastball more than ever, and all of a sudden he gave up more home runs than ever. So he can't just go back and say, all right, I need a strike here 2-0. I'm going to throw a fastball. Well, chances are that's going to get hit hard somewhere. So he has to work with his slider. He has to improve with command with some of those off-speed pitches and other things. I think he still needs to find that perfect pitch mix that works with him. That's something that they can definitely probably prioritize in the offseason, whether it's continuing with the cutter and finding a sinker and working with the sweeper or a curveball, obviously the slider. I, I think that's something they're going to have to work with because, like you said, I mean, this is kind of how modern baseball works where in the old times it was let's throw a fastball 60% of the time. And, of course, when you throw – a pitch that doesn't move a whole lot, it's going to be easier to put it into the strike zone. That's not the case with modern baseball, especially with Josiah Gray, where his number one pitch this year in terms of usage is his slider. And so that's something that if he's not able to control his slider, that's his best pitch in terms of avoiding barrels. Well, if he can't throw that and he has to throw fastballs across the plate, well, then he exchanges the walks for hits, which you know, last year and at times this year have left the ballpark. And so it, it's just a tough spot to be in when you're looking at Josiah Gray. I think there's still a lot of potential there, but there definitely does need to be some work on his command because, you know, to guy's credit, if if he's not if he's going to continue to walk this many guys and you're going to look at a you know a championship level team in a couple of years, that's not really acceptable for a guy that's hopefully going to be your third starter. But, you know, again, I think it's a little overreactionary to think that he's not going to be at least your third or fourth starter going forward. And I still think that he can be a championship level third or fourth starter. 236 average against expected batting average against, which might even be a better metric, the curveball, right? A, a 186 XBA and an actual 162 XBA, you know, against his sweeper this year. So I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't think this is like people are saying, I don't, I don't see the stuff. Like I, I just, we're looking at different things, I guess. I mean, he's got plenty of stuff as a big league pitcher. You you don't get out of the jams. He does. If you lack like it's exactly. not luck over 25 starts. I'm sorry. Well, and you know, his throughout the minor leagues and you don't become a prospect because you don't have stuff, right? Like he just threw six, one hit innings against the Yankees. Now I'm not telling you that was a great start by the way. It wasn't. It was frustrating, and and a lot of these have become tough watches. But, like, you know what you don't do? You don't, in Yankee Stadium, go out and throw six one-hit innings on a night when you don't have it while you're walking five and dealing with uh, players on base all night because you lack stuff. Like, that. this is not a stuff issue. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thing because when you think of guys with stuff, I mean, just thinking about his counterpart, Mackenzie Gore, you can see him blow a fastball that looks like it's hittable right yeah, by that, a guy. That's front of the rotation stuff. I don't know that anyone's no, and said that's, since we've seen JoJo that this is like a number one or a number two. That's what I'm saying, though, is JoJo is an interesting one. I don't even know that TV, for us, we can pick up how good his stuff is because you watch his slider and you're like, that didn't move that much, but it's subtle. It's something that 
hitters just don't hit. His expecting batting average against his slider is 252 or 267, though, compared to the fastballs. Things like that, like you were saying, where I don't know that his stuff translates as much as we usually see from some other guys. When you think of the elite pitchers and you watch them, like, I don't even know how any of these guys ever hit. That's not how JoJo is. His stuff is very subtle. It moves. It's it doesn't move as much as other guys. When you look at his sliders profile compared to other guys, it's not something where it's sweeping way off the plate. It's something that's very subtle and moves just a little bit down and avoids the barrel. So, you know, he's never going to have the stuff where when you watch on TV, you just walk away and go, wow, that dude is filthy. But at the same point, if he can go out there and be effective like he was earlier in the season where he's missing barrels, getting ground balls and keeping the ball in the ballpark, I don't need him to be filthy. He's got the stuff to work at the major league level. It's not going to be at the level of elite Hall of Fame level pitchers that you get used to where you watch Scherzer and you're like, that's nasty. You watch Strasburg's changeup. That's nasty. That's not Josiah Gray. But if he can continue to be effective like he was early in the season where the slider doesn't look filthy on TV, but he's keeping the ball in the ballpark and getting the ball on the ground and getting strikeouts, I'll live with that. 